0: everyone and thank you for joining us here on the Recruitment Roundup podcast, which is brought to you by BMS Performance. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, BMS Performance is a specialist sales and marketing recruitment consultancy. For the last 30 years, we've been helping businesses across the UK recruit for vacancies at every level. I'm your host, Mike Leather, and every week I'll be joined by a new guest where we'll get stuck into the latest trends in regards to recruitment, we'll talk about insights, we share ideas, we share experiences and ultimately we look to provide value to fundamentally help you you whether or not you're a hiring manager, a business leader or part of an internal talent team to recruit smarter, faster and more effectively. Uh, Welcome everyone to another episode of the Recruitment Roundup podcast brought to you by BMS Performance. I'm your host, Mike Leather, and today I'm joined by my colleague, Matt Hodgson. Matt, welcome to the show. Great to have Uh you on.
1: Awesome to be here thanks so much Mike I uh, yeah really excited to be a part of it and um, I've enjoyed the the series so far I'll I'll admit I haven't listened to all of them I'm sorry mate (laughs) Uh, but I've I've listened to a few and uh, and found it great so uh, yeah no pleased to be here.
0: Brilliant excellent great great so everyone this is uh, this is episode nine so there's a bit of catching up for you to do Okay, i would yeah. say <laughs> there's a few episodes there to catch your honeymoon on. listening
1: um, for me later this year <laughs>
0: <laughs> as um a way of in, as introduction as customary now on on the podcast um, yeah. give a bit of information Matt, about about yourself what you do at bms how you got into the world of recruitment in the first place
1: yeah, 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 for sure. So I'm in my eleventh. I've done eleven years. I'm in my twelfth year with the company. Um, once you get to double figures, it's 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 easy to forget how long you've been here. Uh, it's a 12, 12th year with the company. Uh, yeah, joined as a sort of post recession wave of, of recruitment back in in twenty eleven um worked for our graduate division and it's in its infancy. Yeah. Um w- would love to have said that I was I was a key force in, in driving the growth of that division to the, the beast that it is now. That'd probably be over, overstating my uh, my impact to be honest with you with the quality of some of my cold calls. But uh, yeah, no no I've, I've done a few few different jobs for us since then. So um Carried on in the graduate division, uh, was lucky enough to, to relocate to London with the business in 2013, um, shifted divisions in, in 2014 to the uh, sales recruitment team that was growing out of London, um, and have been with that team since, um, have done different jobs within that team, but now running the, uh, the sales team here in London uh who are basically filling vacancies for companies in the in the heart of the capital. Um yeah. so yeah we're a team of eight now and um yeah still still loving every minute or, or almost every minute. I don't think you can truly say you love every minute of recruitment but most of it. So
0: yeah the the recruitment roller coaster it's um, quite <laughs> is, is a thing isn't it but once yeah. it's in your blood it's in your blood. How, what what made you um get into recruitment in the first place? What what's your yeah. story behind that?
1: Yeah, yeah yeah so I, I the only professional, you know, white-collar job I've ever had, really. I, I served tables, worked in B&Bs and stuff like that, I worked in a chippy beforehand, so it's <laughs> no real transferable skills. But, um, yeah, after university... You know that the economy wasn't exactly flush with job opportunities. I'd studied yeah. environmental services, like I say, and 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 couldn't really find a a route into a career that I wanted, or really get that many interviews, to be honest. Um, when I when I left university in that kind of world, so a couple of mates had already explored the world of sales, um, made an application to a couple of roles, got invited to a BMS assessment day, um, and. Not quite the end of the story. I should tell a bit in the middle because it is kind of funny. But um, they 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 thought I did all right on the assessment day. Uh, my first pass. Yeah, passed, <laughs> passed. Um... Was graded an A star, our top grading, as we know. Uh, just drop that one in there casually. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: don't know if I still would be the top one percenters.
0: Um, yeah. Anyway, I got got
1: sent out to one job opportunity for a, a job selling pens, um, covering Swindon, Bath, and Bristol, where I was where I was based, and didn't get past first interview because the um, interviewer said Matt has all the right answers, but he's uh, can only be described as beige. Um, so. <laughs> wow so anyway clearly that was the, the skill set or the personality that bms was looking for because my next interview is to be a, a bde for us in coventry um so yeah i said yes um didn't really know what i was letting myself in for um but yeah i lo- loved it and, and eventually found or relatively quickly found that the job was actually quite well suited to my personality even yeah. if i didn't know that i was going to be perfectly suited to the job so
0: yeah excellent and what is um what what is the world of London sales recruitment like at the moment? How would yeah. you describe it?
1: Yeah. Um it's one of those topics you could you could bang on about for hours and I, I often do, but um I suppose the simple answer is that we're in a um, engine of the UK economy down here in London, um that is a, a huge part of what the whole country yeah. does. Um so there is always a demand for staff, yeah, to do everything from pulling pints in the pub downstairs to to fill in sales vacancies or, or doing sales uh, for a for a business. Um, if we look at sales as a, as a specific focus, though, you know, you've got such a high concentration of of companies and everything from media to software, professional services, mm. um, you know, and then all of the the more traditional markets, you know. Uh, that the construction sales reps as well, who are building the towers that everybody's sat in working. Yeah. So there's a real high demand consistently in London, um, and I would think I'd be pretty accurate in saying that the capital is the, at the sharp end of of one of the things that I'll keep coming back to, and we're going to keep coming back to today, which is the 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 the, the lack of staff and um, yeah. the 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 kind of deep seated talent shortage that we've got in the UK um so how does that play into what we do as as bms well it means that getting access to new business and getting access to business from our clients isn't isn't easy um yeah. because of um, you know current economic situations um yeah. but it's not disastrous and it's certainly not our biggest problem you know talent shortages are by far and away the thing that that that, that find um their way into our inbox and onto the calls that that, that we have day to day as being the biggest challenge
0: yeah 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 totally totally agree yeah with with all of that even from um from my end from outside of london and that's the sales team that i manage we cover everywhere outside of of london essentially for, for for core business field sales roles and we've seen exactly exactly the same um market conditions um of a brief overview Matt, what types of vacancies do your team work on this is more for the audience so they can get a steer for you know the types of roles you're working on and you know that I guess will shape some of the conversation that we're having as well
1: yeah 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 good good, good, good question as well so um so geographically speaking 95% of the vacancies that we fill in our in our team of eight in London are in zones 1 or zones two of London. Mm. Um, the majority of jobs, as it's a very relevant topic of conversation these days, are hybrid roles. Yeah. So they are people who are based in office two or three days a week. Um with a, a very small but increasing majority of companies who are going back to five days a week, which might be for another another podcast, I think, to get into that. Um but um in terms of 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 the sectors. Uh, similar to the ones that I, I mentioned earlier today. So um, the, the the technology marketplace is a, a huge engine, um, yeah. you know, a great part of our UK economy, but a great export for the yeah. UK as well that um, does see continual investment and creates demand for staff. Um, yeah. The professional services landscape, so consultancies, uh, accounting providers, uh, legal services providers, training providers, businesses like that. Um, and then the the media, advertising, and events uh, economy, which is which is absolutely huge. You yeah. know, the the the, the London uh, and UK markets are um, really the home of of business events organization in in, yeah. in Europe, um, and it's a huge huge industry. So, um, and much like the rest of, of the people that have been on this podcast, um, you know, from the sales side of our business, you know, we're, we're mostly recruiting new business sales reps for those companies. Yeah, um, yeah we recruit. Lead generators, CSMs, account managers, leaders, directors. Um, but over sixty percent of the vacancies that we filled last year will be companies who are saying
0: we need people that can come in, generate ops off their own back, and close business for us. Yeah, yeah, that was a key driver, definitely, for us, and it will continue into this year as well. One hundred percent. we're already seeing that at the moment. Um, so your your team, Matt, is working with um startups, SMEs, large corporates as well. And the topic that we're going to talk about today is how recruitment companies and internal recruitment and um, teams or internal talent teams work effectively together. And I guess you've 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 got loads of experience as of, as of I, um in working with direct hiring managers, but also having to um work with internal HR, internal recruitment and acquisition, um and work processes through through those individuals as well. So I guess um a good starting point and I've got a good overview to build the conversation from will be you know if we think about um the term working effectively together, um what what does that mean in your in your view? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think broadly if you look at that term with any b2b partnership what do you what do you want to work effectively together even outside of just a recruitment consultant to a to a to an internal talent function internal recruitment function you 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 want it to be balanced Mm. you want there to be a recognition that party a and party b have something of value that is useful to each other yeah um and it sounds really basic, but recognizing that equal partnership is is vital to the success of any long-term business partnership. Yeah, short-term we've all we've all done business that might not have been as amicable as we wanted to for whatever reason. Um, but long-term, if you really want successful partnerships, you know that balance of power is so so important, and that's at the heart of of what we're going to talk about today. Um, if you look at you know working effectively. Between specifically, you know, people like us, the recruiters, and, and, and internal talent teams, you know, I, I'd describe that as, as, as a relationship that uh, takes advantage of what each party can do for each other. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, the recruiters yeah. should have access to a large pool of talent, um, they should be qualifying out the lower quality talent and qualifying in the higher quality talent. To be able to provide that to their paying customers, you know the customers should be able to um, give a fair and honest view of of, of what is uh, a piece of work that that recruiter can assist with, um, and the company should, in reality, make that recruiter's life as easy as possible. Um, yeah. You know, because there is a shared goal there. Yeah. Um, this is is one of the really important things. Um, when recruitment companies as commercial external partners work with a business, whether it's through a sales manager, a sales director, a managing director, or an internal talent team, the goal is the same. Both parties want yeah. the vacancy filled. Now they might be driven by slightly different motivators, but a recognition of that shared goal um, is at the heart of how a relationship should, should work together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. love that. I think you nailed it with that last um last few point that 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 you mentioned it's shared goal we we're, we're striving for the same thing aren't we at the yeah. end of the day and so yeah. often um that we're going to come to conflict between the two parties shortly but so often it can be an us versus them mentality rather than let's work collaboratively and add value to each other to achieve the right outcomes for both of but you know for, for all parties but it's not always it's not always that way um one no, of the things no. about the, our, our biggest clients our what we class as our key accounts 95% of them were engaging with internal talent HR recruitment teams They're crucial um cogs in the machine that we work incredibly well with yeah um yeah. why um why why again why why in your view is 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 this particularly personent, particularly relevant right now, would you say? Yeah.
1: Again, lots of different strands we could we could dip into with that with that question. Um I think the core of it is because both parties will continue to need each other over the coming midterm in my opinion so let's say midterm i mean two years to five years okay why do i say that um the uk is 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 understaffed um you know we 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 have big problems with productivity in the united kingdom a lot of businesses are not willing to train talent so their default is to look externally to hire people who can already do the jobs. Yeah. Not my job to look at the productivity of the UK economy, but if a company cannot make the time to train and invest in developing talent, whether that be in, in any part of their, their, their organisation, they've got to look outside. Yeah. Um, and the volume of people in the UK, is not increasing at a rapid rate and is going to show a trend to decreasing over the next 20 years. Yeah, The volume of talent that is looking for jobs actively driven by unemployment is not showing any signs of improvement. And inactivity in the UK economy off the back of the pandemic is still pretty high. You know, economic yeah, Economic inactivity of people who've left the workforce. Yeah, so this yeah. is creating a diminishing pool of talent. That, by the way, all alongside the fact that a million extra people are in work now than they were in 2020, you know, has all driven this fact that actually both parties need each other. So what do, what do I mean by both parties need each other? Why is that? Why is that relevant right now? Well, employers will need extra sources of talent, but companies quite rightly in my hand in, in my opinion have invested in talent teams as a way to improve their focus on talent attraction whether that be by improving candidate experience through the interview process improving mm-hmm. their empl- employer brand Improving the volume of applicants they've got access to, improving their adherence to their DE and I objectives. Yeah, you know companies are quite rightly invested in their talent teams, and as a result, you know recruiters need the talent teams. They need those those, those partners, and um, both parties need each other. So why is it relevant right now? Well, there's there's going to be a demand for one another's services. Um, as a, a crude bit of analysis, I had a look at every vacancy that we filled, not every vacancy, sorry, a, a portion of vacancies that we filled last year and saw that 76% of vacancies that we filled hmm. had a talent person from human resources, internal recruitment, internal talent talent acquisition at one or more stages of interview. Yeah, which is so pretty interesting. Let's be honest, yeah. Yes, sorry to cut you off, Mike. Let's be honest with one another. Recruiters would rather that the internal competition at businesses was not there. Yeah. You know, we'd all rather we were dealing direct with line managers, managing directors. um, And I think vice versa, certainly from the companies that I talk to, that at the same time, talent acquisition teams would rather they weren't being pestered by annoying recruiters every single day with stupid haircuts and average CVs that they're spamming into the <laughs> inbox. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> both exist. Um, and both can work harmoniously as we will talk to each other. But yeah, I, I think it is is—it is going to become a reality, um, particularly for the recruitment consultants, that talent is not going anywhere as a function for a business. Yeah. Uh, talent acquisition, that is. Um, so it's so important that there's a blueprint for success.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's loads for me to um, dig into there from, from from what you've said. I think, mm. um, to, um which I will do, I think to dovetail off the back of it, I, this podcast is obviously geared towards us talking to internal talent and recruitment teams um, yeah. and we work very well with them. But internal talent and recruitment teams are as a business, our main competition above yeah. really or the other other recruiters so that yeah. is that is that is a fact and and i agree with you totally they they, they aren't going to go away and, and and nor nor should they because we work with a hell of a lot of great talent and talent for in talent acquisition professionals um you mentioned then about um candidates actively Looking for jobs. And from my end, that's I guess one of the main reasons why it's relevant right now. Yeah. because despite the job market changing over the course of last year and by changing, I mean, we've kind of come out of the di job market, which we as yeah. a phrase we've coined, you know internally, where the companies were recruiting at incredibly fast paced. it is more of a normalized market now, I would say. Yeah. I think, sorry to cut
1: you off, Mike, but I think we might have even got to a point where it wasn't even dial a job. It was answer a phone a job, wasn't it?
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we've got to this point now whereby you've got a normalised market now where the amount of opportunity is consistent to what it was pre-COVID. But the candidate market hasn't really changed All last year, it was uber candidate driven. There was a decline in the amount of people applying for adverts. Yeah, And then when we were working with internal talent, the ones that were working with an internal talent HR recruitment teams, it was to access a broader pool of talent because there's definitely um, a segment of the candidate um, marketplace, and you'll be able to talk about this in greater detail than I, that they would rather apply for a job through a recruiter then go direct to a company for a huge variety of reasons so yes. working with um recruiters and working well with uh, recruiters essentially means access to a larger talent pool. because there'll be always people that you can't get access to but equally yes. there'll be candidates that go directly to um employers as well who don't like recruiters yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I I think there's always there's always a balance of both. Definitely. And it depends upon the drivers of the of the job seeker. Um, Is the individual in the privileged position and looking to test the market? With what are the the best opportunities out there for them right now? You Mm. know, do they want to go from earning, you know, 100K in OTE to earning 150K in OTE over the course of the next two years? Mm. Um, Or are they out of work? Yeah. Have they been made redundant? Um and the drivers between those two things change how people treat their job search, how open they are to responding to a LinkedIn message, whether that be from an internal talent person or yeah. a recruiter, or how keen they are to click apply on that job on LinkedIn or C V library and actually just raise their hand and say, Hey, I don't just want to go to one interview, I want to go to five.
0: Yeah, especially if that internal if the person that they've been um engaged with is working for one of their competitors. Are no, they going to respond to that? I think. Yeah. oh, I'm. You know, they're in my industry. What happens if that just so happens to get back to get just so happens to get back to my boss? Great um, point. Yeah. 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 Um. But e- e- equally as well, I would also argue, um, and this might be a controversial point, that candidates are going to be more open and honest with us as as as, as they've appointed recruitment consultant about whether up to the job search what the salary expectations are what x company needs to be able to um, offer them to recruit them then they are directly to and uh, the, the the employer of the company interviewing with themselves and that might yeah. be a bit of a controversial point but it's based on experience and what we tend to say and what i've seen over my years of, of experience in recruitment
1: we're not going to be their boss no. in the future yeah. are we we're not going to sit yeah. in the same office as them um yeah. it's the it's the power of an intermediary in any form of of life you know think about your estate agent
2: mm.
1: you know you tell your estate agent who's going to help you try and find your house in your new area exactly what you want as everything yeah. want but you don't sure don't want to show all of your hands when you come to the point of putting in an offer or low yeah. balling versus what was on the what was on the advert so you know it's it's exactly the same mindset um you know of 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 acting as an intermediary, you should, if you're doing your job, be able to help that individual to feel confidence in you as somebody who can hold on to valuable information, yeah. understand their challenges.
0: Yeah, yeah. You touched. T- you mentioned um, the word um, EVP as well, employee mm. value proposition, um, and you know reasons to why that's relevant right now, as to why recruiters and internal internal talent should be working effectively together um talk a bit more about about that how how can recruiters and help enhance and increase you know the reach of of an evp yeah
1: so evps become a a, a conversation and a, a subject matter that companies are keen to invest more in uh, because their reputation to their customers is clearly vital, but their reputation to the business community, uh, their reputation as a potential place for hundreds, thousands of people to work, yeah, um, is vital to the success of their business. Um, now, what what that means for most companies, and Mike, it might be interesting to get get hear hear what you and your your team are hearing as well, yeah. But companies want to strive to offer a smooth, communicative, efficient chance to interview with them. Yeah. And they want to do that because they want the reputation, whether that person says yes or no to an offer or is declined or accepted to move forward, to remain positive. Yeah. And it's also important outside of their reputation as an employer, but just for a reputation as to how they are dealt with as yeah. a company.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Um,
1: for any supplier, that people have positive experiences with them. You know. Yeah. And 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 we don't wanna we don't we don't wanna get too caught up, but the, the power of LinkedIn is that people have a chance to voice their opinion, the power of Glass Door. The power of, uh, you know, any online review service is that an individual can go on and give their opinion about a business, no matter what way they were interacting with that company.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and companies are quite rightly willing to invest time and money in their reputation. Um, so talent is, is a, a really, really um, pressured part of that because more people are a no than a yes for yeah. the majority of vacancies that get filled in any part of the economy
0: um May so you've got to be able to manage well. that cycle sorry say yeah, again mike sorry to interrupt Matt. just on that point um from for, from our perspective the same work does go into and you now it does to es as well i just thought so i'd just throw that in your little shameless plug there.
1: yeah you're, to- you're totally right <laughs>
0: yeah. you're totally right hey and
1: we we, we roll the dice with that that's that we signed up for that the day we signed the contract to join the Absolutely. company yeah. we're okay with it but it doesn't mean that it's not t- time consuming yeah. and, and 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 how does that then play into a recruitment company's partnership with an employer well okay let's come back to that core point of we are a, a, a provider of a volume of candidates yeah um but we can be an extension or we, we are an extension of your brand yeah even for that- those candidates who we talk to about your company and they say no they have had an experience of exp- of of your talent attraction process because they have been um, you know proposition by BMS or by any other recruiter about that um, and it's important it's important that that is is something that is being you know that reputation that EVP is being represented in the right way.
0: Yeah also I, think, I agree with all your points but I think so. add to that as well if you're um, we, we understand a lot of the pressures of internal recruitment teams and, and talent acquisition managers um, sales might not be their only um, type of um, role that they're they're recruiting for. It could be a huge range of roles and then for being able to deliver that candidate experience consistently to every single candidate is is a challenge and also um, there's going to be an amount of reach that they can um, have into the talent pool. Um, You know not every great candidate who is going to be a fit for their job will know about them, at the moment and that's where yep. a recruiter can help get that brand out to a wider pool of talent to to, to make fundamentally more people know about them which would drive more response um through to you know their adverts either directly or indirectly. Um okay um yep. historically as well because we, we we touched on the word conflict. I think seemingly th- there has seemingly been um you know conflict between recruiters and and internal talent um teams as well. Um why why has that been in 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 your opinion because we we've we we we've experienced that a bit Actually, you you will have uh, you will have i have where you know the the relationship isn't all singing or dancing it's not a partnership like what why is that been in 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 your experience yeah
1: yeah we we have to assume that at one point that wasn't the case it was probably a, a long time ago yeah you know when the when, when when the concept of an external recruitment partner was was still in its infancy mm. That automatic objection that, 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 that lots of us get, lots of our sales reps get um, of we don't use agency uh, or um, we do all of our recruitment internally. Uh, we got enough candidates already. Thanks very much. We don't need to deal with you right now. You know that that those those objections um, have come from from somewhere. Um,
2: yeah.
1: And the, the conflict pieces is, is a is a really interesting one. Um I think recruitment consultants um, are, in essence, salespeople. Um, When you you boil it down, you know, not every single recruitment consultant does the same job as the company next door. But largely speaking, they're finding companies, they're finding candidates, and they're trying to find the most efficient way to put those two things together. Um, I think it's no surprise that the recruitment industry is a pressured one. Yeah. you know, we we live and die in a, in a tight margin industry by our volumes to a certain extent. You know, once a, a recruitment company gets past one, two, three, four employees, it becomes a, a volume-based operation to a certain extent.
2: Yeah.
0: And
1: um, managers are, are paid within recruitment companies to drive those volumes. That's how these companies, that's how BMS scales, that's how Michael yeah. Page scales, that's how anybody else scales. Um, so what why does that why does that create conflict well as individuals creative or not we push we find ways to to make things happen with our customers um, you know and, and and as we mentioned at the start you know as recruiters we we would ideally deal, be dealing with the line managers because we can have a relationship we can use our sales skills we can use our investigation skills and our analytical skills to be able to affect that decision directly rather than having going through somebody else so taking that risk to go straight to a line manager might feel like a good risk worth (laughs) taking as a, as a recruiter.
2: Um,
1: but it isn't always that harmonious to do it when the talent person has a remit to manage that process internally. Yeah. Um, I think if you look at, um, the, the, the ownership of candidates as well, Mm. I think a lot of recruiters, uh, in their terms of business will have a one year ownership. Of yeah. candidates after they have been submitted um, and sometimes you know without any malice you know an individual who interviewed was referred by a recruiter can end up uh, being recruited by an organization further down the line and, and, and in the majority of cases you know it can be a completely completely honest mistake um, but I think often how recruitment companies handle that process submitting invoices yeah. without any prior communication uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lack yeah. of empathy for that, you know, can play into to a negative feeling. Yeah, um, I think I think uh, as well, um, you know, recruiters get frustrated that talent teams don't always align with their goal mm. of making a placement. Um, mm. I've spoken to employers and talent teams specifically about this particular point. That sometimes the talent acquisition teams, in fact, probably in a lot of cases, just don't want the recruiters to succeed.
0: Yeah, they do
1: not want that person to fill the vacancy that they are working on as well. And that's perfectly legitimate. They're paid to do that as well. Why would why would they want the recruiters to do it instead of them? That's their bread and butter. That's against their target.
0: You know. They often think, yeah, there's definitely a a conception um, with some relationships that. The recruiter who fills the vacancy is essentially removing the, the purpose of the internal recruitment person's job yeah. in effect and, and and doing them out of the job which yeah. you know and
1: and and the recruiters think they've been you know hard done by they've not had a chance to add value into an organization um and the talent person sits there thinking hypothetically this recruiter might have done a better job than me in terms of finding the candidate. Um, you know, and there is a, there's a, there's a natural misalignment mm. of what, what those individuals are trying to achieve. Um, I think yeah, we will talk about how that can end up being more constructive in the future, but as a, as, as, as a, as a route to that, to that natural conflict, those, those, that, that competition between two parties, um, is it the essence of why it doesn't always work out as being a, a nice friendly relationship?
0: It comes back to communication doesn't it? Everything comes back to communication um, yeah. it, it is, my, is my, my strong belief and experience. If the recruiter that's working on the roles understands the um, talent person's position, the role, the types of vacancies that way they work on how they work, where they focus, how they like to work. Um, and then both parties are building a relationship based on agreements. So we work this way, this is how we work, and then clarity on both yeah. sides. Um, you tend not to have as much conflict, but you know, looking at it from both sides of the coin, from a recruiters, recruiter's perspective, um, on the... the the, the big reasons why we'll sometimes see conflict or relationships not working well is because, um, you know, a a lack of perceived commitment in terms of, you know, we send the CV over, we don't hear back for a couple of weeks, sometimes longer, and then when we do hear back, it's very limited feedback, lack of feedback um, following interviews as well, um, which fundamentally means that we've, we've, we've worked really hard to find candidates, but... By the time we've had feedback on a CV or an interview, they've gone. You know, and we, we, we see that as as time wasted. But then you could look at it from the internal talent team's perspective and the things that they would get annoyed about. And sometimes it can be over-communication. You mentioned people going outside of the process. You know, which yeah, we, yeah. Told you, we told you not to speak to internal direct line managers, but you're doing it anyway. You send in CBs directly. You're not putting them on a portal. So they've got a process as well. And I think it's really important that the recruiter takes ownership of understanding fully what does the process look like for us to work with this business and how do I best ensure that I effectively work with this talent person it's it's on it's on the recruiter to to, to understand that and then make sure that they are pro- providing um you know a, a a relationship whereby you know there's trust and transparency and feedback but they making sure that they're that they're they're, they're staying within the rules effectively that have been set out
1: yeah definitely and I I, I think um I hope this doesn't upset anybody too much but if, if if we look at the if we look at the truth of that well if a recruitment company and a internal talent team as an as a key part of a commercial business are going to work together then the terms of that arrangement cannot solely be set by the internal talent team, mm. they have to be agreed on, they have to be set up in a way that incentivizes both parties to work parties to work effectively, and anything other than operating in that way will result in problems yeah and if you're willing to invest that time and you talk about communication, I completely agree yeah. with you. the other thing is time, and what I mean is investment of time in agreeing something that will work well. And taking the recruiter's opinion into um, consideration as well as using what has worked well for you historically as an internal team is vital to getting the most out of that partnership. Because actually your internal process for assessing talent when you do it directly as a recruitment team versus how you assess talent coming through a recruiter who should have screened a CV, conducted Mm -hmm. an interview already, matched the skill set to the role, provided an overview of why the candidate is right, it probably shouldn't be the same. No, and actually it can drive efficiencies if you're willing to think about it and invest time. So
0: hundred percent, um, a, a tip for recruitment managers, internal talent. If you are starting to work with a new recruiter, ask them, how do we get the most out of you? Cause all recruiters will, will, will work in slightly different ways behind the scenes. Um, there's a preconception, you all do the same thing. We definitely do not. Yeah. The recruiters working. There's a lot that goes on lives. behind the <laughs> scenes. There's a, there's a lot of um mechanics going on behind the scenes in a recruiter. And it's whilst it's important for the recruits to know how they get the most out of you, it's so important that you know you're asking that question. If we're working with you, if you're a you know, if you're a specialist sales, specialist IT, treat them as the specialists, they are the specialists in the market and see them as that and ask them how how do we get the most out of you. Top tip. Um, so, and you got uh, a
1: sorry side point there, Mike. I'll yeah. make this very very brief. Hey, there's a lot of rubbish recruiters out there. I've probably yeah. been a rubbish recruiter at some point over my twelve years yeah. in the company. Okay, yeah. yeah? So you got to you got to speak to a few of them. You got to kiss a few frogs to work out who are the ones you want to <laughs> invest your time with. Don't yeah. invest your time in the one that's rubbish, who doesn't know what they're talking about, can't provide the insight you're looking for. But if you find somebody that you want to invest your time in, invest your time. And that yeah. I love that question, Mike. Yeah. I might put yeah. that on my signature somewhere, email signature, <laughs> saying, "Ask me this question."
0: Yeah, how many times have you been asked to them? Yeah, not. not on one hand, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We we get it across to clients and say it's important that you know how to get the most out of us as your recruitment partner, and open up. Yeah, and you and that that's where that's where the magic happens of building a, a great recruitment partnership, which is fundamentally what both parties want. Um, We'll, we'll, we'll lead him really nicely onto the next point here in the in, in the podcast which is you know from a, from a recruiter's perspective um what do what do we want from an internal talent function to, to 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 deliver a great service um and i think this is a really really good topic to sit on because it's probably not too often that a, a talent acquisition internal recruitment actually get a recruiter's perspective on this so
1: Yeah, yeah, this is quite, we can be quite self-indulgent here, can't we? really write that brief of how we'd want it to work. That's it. Um, I think, I'm not going to apologise for banging the drum again, but it it all stems from communication. Um, Yeah. One of the things that you and I spoke about um, recently was, a company recognising where a recruiter is needed. If you've invested in talent as a function within your business and you've hired somebody who's an absolute expert in recruiting programmers and they've got a really good network, don't use a recruiter. Use that person. But if that person's got no experience of hiring salespeople, they've got no network, they've got no recognition of the volumes that need to be met to qualify out and qualify in the wheat from the chaff, yeah, then that's probably a pretty good area to invest in using an external partner. Recognize yeah. that soon and yeah. act on it. Those recruitment companies, no matter what they're recruiting, need to have access to the person that that individual will be working for. The successful individual who gets the job, yeah, they need to communicate with that person. Anything other then dealing with the line manager as a primary point of contact is a complete waste of time.
0: Why is that important, Matt? Just to, again, because there'll be internal talent people think, well, why? You can you know, you see these through us, we come back to you, but from from our side, why, why, why do we need to, that access?
2: Yeah,
1: well, what do we see on job specs? We see we need X years of experience. We say we need this person's exposure to this marketplace. We need this qualification. Okay, great. Some of those are box ticks. Some of those things are qualitative. They are Mm. there to be assessed. They are individual to people. You cannot put individuals in boxes. Everybody who has three years B2B sales experience selling to the banking and finance industry in central London is not automatically the same. Mm. Yeah. There are nuances to the individual, and there are nuances to the sales manager, or alternatively, the project manager who runs the programming team that needs to be discussed in a human-to-human conversation, not written an email, not written yeah. in a job description. Um, and I suppose as a slightly broader point, discussion breeds deeper understanding. Yeah. That is only a good thing for everybody. You know, let's come back to shared objectives. Yeah. If you're engaging a recruiter OK, you you, you are recognising the fact that that vacancy needs to be filled. It's an urgent thing that needs to happen. So invest that time effectively. Communicate, bring ideas to the table from both sides and you will get quicker outcomes. Yeah. You'll get better outcomes as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll waste less time interviewing yeah. people who after the interview think, nah, as soon as he sat down with him, five minutes I knew they weren't like right, the person the right personality fit for the team. But we never spoke to the hiring yeah. manager, so we never knew what type of characteristics were going to fit with that individual. Yeah, I um,
1: I, sorry to cut you off, there, Mike. I was just going to take this this advantage to list a few other uh, other things. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. Go um, for it. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I think I think you know CVs are not something that that the world uh, needs to rely on in my in my opinion but unfortunately they are baked into the recruitment process um, mm-hmm. if you're going to submit CVs if that's going to be part of your process um, remember the recruiter is an extension of your EVP of your employer brand and as a result you need to commit to give timely feedback Holding yourself to an account of 24 hours, 36 hours, no real need for it to be any more than that, is a really, really good goal. Um, I think documentation, information, insight, job descriptions, benefits, packs, all of which millennials, Gen Z, require to make their decision on the job they want next. Yeah. You know, they need this extra information to confirm that it's right for them. Have that all ready to go before mm. you actually pull the trigger on going live with the vacancy, whether it's direct or whether it's yeah. through the recruiter. Um, and I think that the last thing is is that that honesty, that transparency piece. Is, it's <laughs> there'll be people listening to this. Hopefully, that will be sat there thinking, "Well, I am honest with my my recruiters. I am transparent." Yeah, definitely, there are. There's some mm. great examples of talent teams working with external partners. There's some terrible examples as well. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I have had stories not 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 miles away, of profiles of recruiters not being submitted to line managers, um,
2: mm.
1: and that individual actually being a, a fantastic fit for the job that they were submitted for. You know, who who wins there? At Why Spain, weren't they we submitted
0: in that in that um, specific example?
1: Yeah, um, it's it's a hard one. Um, because you know that the conversation was had openly and it was moved past. and, and yeah. it was something that you know i was I was an observer of, not that close to myself. but um, um, there was a perception that the CV wasn't right. Um, but uh, I think that the skill set was 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 pretty quickly highlighted by the hiring manager um, mm. that it was that, that it was going to be a good fit. So you know one might have guess that that individual in the talent and recruitment team um, might have had skin in the game on their side.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the the transparency and and trust is 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 arguably the most important point of all. Because if you're working with a recruitment partner that you have selected out of a pool of several, when you might have gone through a tender process, and you believe in their proposition and what they do then logic would dictate that you also have lots of confidence in their ability to assess the caliber of a salesperson. So it always strikes me when we send the CV and it's no, just because they don't like what they see on paper. Um, and that's where the trust piece comes in for me as well. Yeah, This should be um, always an opportunity to communicate around a candidate's background, um, regardless if the talent acquisition or internal recruitment person thinks that I know because what they see on paper, giving the recruiter that opportunity to explain why they put them forward and sold them in um, and going into that meeting with an open mind can really help um, build a partnership between the two parties. It's yeah. It's frustrating for the recruiter when you spend a long time trying to source a specific um, CV and, and assess the candidate as a fit for an opportunity only to then get a, a very short email back. No, not the right fit. So, you know, working with the recruiters and giving them opportunity to sell the candidates in yeah. and trusting the, the assessment process, because if we don't trust the assessment process, then there's no point working with them. You know, you may, if, if you're treating the CVs that come through from a recruiter the same way you would Um, the applications you get from a job board, then you may as well go and use a job board less.
1: Almost definitely. Well, actually, maybe not with CV libraries, new rates.
0: But uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's, 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 it's a really important point, I think, in 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 the context of what we've discussed. And um, Matt, um, if you think about companies that, that, that you are working with um, at the moment, you have worked with. What what examples could you give to to the audience, and maybe some um, you know curious. Um, internal talent teams that are listening to this, of what good lo- looks like in terms of a, an effective relationship between um, recruiters and internal talent teams?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I got a um, a sort of non-client example, but something that I heard anecdotally through a, a friend of a friend earlier this week when we were talking about talent attraction, and it's a, a big tech company um, south of the UK, and um, they're, 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 uh, talent function was was 28 people um, at one point at the back end of last year. And um, yeah, tech industry has, has, has experienced the sharp end of, of, of the layoffs that are affecting the global economy. Um, and talent has been a function that has suffered as a mm. result of that. Um, you know, worldwide, um, your yeah, talent people have been have been let go significantly in, in that in in that period of time. Um, so their, their, their talent team dropped down to down to seven. Um, however, their budget for using external partners didn't change. <laughs> okay. Didn't change at all. Um, so the same seven people who were 28 previously, 25% of what they were before, were asked to do the same amount of work. Um, and the reason why I highlight this is because they, they had a, a real specific goal to drive DE and I hires. Right uh, within their business um, it was a wider directive to recognize that maybe they hadn't done enough in that area previously they wanted to promote equality of opportunity which is a huge conversation with a lot of businesses in the UK and they wanted to improve the diversity of shortlists um, and ultimately hires through the organization so they activated a policy to use external recruiters specifically to help achieve that. know they didn't have the pool of talent to be able to activate that internally and they said well actually let's 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 engage with recruiters but let's direct them on that specifically so that their shortlists are helping us in that respect um and i thought that was a a a really practical recognition of where there was a need you know exclude the goal but actually, the recognition of the need and that there was a, a goal to improve that within the business and that an external recruiter could help with that, I think was really impressive. Yeah. Um, I think um, I've got to give a, a big shout out to uh, a customer of ours. They're not sponsoring this. Uh, they can do if they want to. Let me <laughs> yes, know, please. Nicola. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> No, we, we we help and have helped for a very long time A uh, accounting consultancy. Uh, in London, but a national operator, got offices in, in Scotland uh, and in the north as well, um, called called Layton. Um, and they have a huge sales team. They have a huge consulting team. They make a lot of hires every single year. Um, and in the last year, they've reinvested in their talent team and made some really practical changes that I think actually demonstrate what I believe a, a recruiter um internal team and external partner relationship should look like um you know they're very honest with us um, mm. they said we don't want to work with recruiters but we know we're going to have to
2: mm.
1: and we want to do it right if we're going to do it um, and we want you to inquire we want you to put your hand in uh, put your put your hand up if you want to be involved uh, in helping us to grow our teams um So everybody responded. They went through an audit process, an assessment process, met with the suppliers, selected the people that could help them in every area of the business in which they might hire at some point. So they have a London sales partner, a North sales partner. They have a London consulting partner, a North consulting partner. And when a vacancy comes up in that team, they don't automatically go to the recruiter, but they say, can we fill this based on how busy we are now? Yes, no. And then as a result of that, if it's a no, they then go to the external partner.
0: That's a really good example. So, yeah. To use it. Sorry to interrupt you there, Mark. Carry No, on. no, 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 Yeah. No. yeah. Uh, the,
1: the, 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 the cherry on top is that they want that recruiter to fill the vacancy. Mm. The business wants that internal talent team to fill vacancies as quickly as, they, as possible. So the internal talent team have said, well, if we're going to give it externally, let's get that recruiter bought in. Let's give them everything they need access to the line managers. Let's pay them a a fair fee that recognizes the balance of work. Let's make their lives as easy as possible and let's say to them it's theirs. So so we have that work exclusively when we have work. Now, as a result, we get access to way less vacancies than we did in 2021 with them, but we know we're going to fill them.
0: Yeah. And when we get a vacancy from them, a bet it becomes a real high priority vacancy because we're exclusive. They want us to fill it, they're bought into us, they're gonna get the full weight of BMS's yeah. services opposed to other opportunities where we're up against now, thankfully these a very few and far between now, we're up against four or five recruiters and there's not really really any commitment and it's all done yeah. through internal talent. It's yeah. that that example you've given there with Leighton um, is, perfect for everything that we've spoken about in this podcast clear communication with you mm-hmm. setting expectations um want us to fill fill the role using working with specialist recruiters value the service and what they can bring to the table um yeah and yeah. if you
1: say to you know you Great say to example. me who, who, so so who's going to get you know the 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 majority of our time once we've got an engagement like that well we've got to fill it we've got to come up with the goods so the pressure's on yeah you know so 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 it's of course it's going to get that love and attention um you know and and i think um as a as a, as a kind of final point on that on that process you know it's circling back to the point that they they want to have that relationship they're willing to invest the time in it um and i i could not recommend um, that other companies employ a similar strategy, it doesn't have to look exactly like that, but mm. work out where you need it. Yeah. you know, Mike, you and I don't want all of our work to be done as a business with companies whereby there's a talent team operating. You know we want to have access to companies where we're recruiting directly with line managers, and there is no talent. However, as we highlighted at the start, the prevalence of talent as a function has mm. quite rightly been invested in by British businesses, and as a result, Let's take advantage of, of what both parties can do for each other um and invest in it so that we can work as partners rather than as
0: you know bashing yeah, heads. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here, here, couldn't agree more. Um, to finish off with what um I think this would be a nice way to finish off, to be fair. Yeah what 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 are th- 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 three takeaways three actionable points or you know, top three reasons as why an internal talent team um would benefit from having an effective relationship with a with a specialist recruitment partner right now
1: there's there's so many there's mm. so many but i think if i was going to if i was going to choose three i think you know companies and talent teams um have a huge remit you know we've spoken about that today um they're not just there to be a um, provider of cvs they are a voice of future talent um they're a voice of that employer brand so um you know talent teams internal recruitment departments they should be using companies like recruitment recruiters to not only get access to a volume of candidates, which is one of the obvious benefits, but information about a specific candidate market. You know, what Hmm. are the average salaries for a job like this at the moment? Yeah. What are candidates saying to you about jobs like this? What are the volumes of candidate like at this level? You know, use, use your recruitment companies who should be operating and qualifying out a volume of candidates and qualifying in a volume of candidates to give yourself that insight arguably there's nobody better placed
0: mm-hmm.
1: than an educated experienced yeah, yeah. recruiter in that marketplace yeah um you know number two um you know that point there about inclusive hiring policies offering a quality of opportunity making sure that every individual no matter what they look like where they come from sexual orientation orientation has access to opportunities you know that is going to be a real challenge for companies who've quite you know commendably put this as a corporate goal to access the volumes is going to be a challenge yeah. for them and recruiters can help you to bridge that gap definitely
2: right. by partnering
1: right. together you know there is a way that those individuals um, can ensure that they're getting access to those to those roles and help you to achieve those wider corporate goals. Yeah. Um, lastly, um, it's that point that I briefly alluded to already. You know, we're a source of volume. Mm. Um, a company's goal when going out to market to recruit for any role should be able to qualify from as large a pool of talent as possible for that position to get down to that smallest pool of people for interview. Mm external recruiters can help you to qualify that broad pool of talent, introduce the opportunity to a select few, present an even more select few and pit them against the talent that has been potentially identified by the talent team internally. Yeah, um, To ensure that as a line manager, whether you're recruiting a marketer, an engineer, a salesperson, you're ending up with best person that's best for the job.
0: And that, it's fundamentally what it is about yeah. and it's a great way to finish off the podcast Matt thanks just, for that yeah. no, I no, no, absolutely no, loved that I think we've yeah. been on for just just oh, just over an hour and it feels like you know t- 10 minutes tuning up out so thanks for that loved it great to have you on
1: absolute pleasure Mike no, no no it was really good fun and um such such an interesting topic and it is such a broad part of what Um, we do and touches on so many areas of what we do. But um, yeah, yeah, exciting stuff. And I hope there's some helpful stuff in there as well. Cheers. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks everyone um, who's listened to this. Um, I'll be joined next week by my colleague Natasha Holland, where we'll be delving back into the world of graduate recruitment and hope that you can all tune in and join us again then. So that wraps up another episode of the Recruitment Roundup podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the show. To watching the show and um, we really appreciate your support it would be absolutely fantastic and um, if you could give us a rating on apple on spotify give us a review and um, any feedback really really helps and is massively appreciated so thank you once again for joining us and we will hopefully see you again next week